This next part of the psych hospital um, is pretty sad. Uh, there are a bunch of people in there that I got to know that were actually like really nice blokes and ladies, you know? Um, and we're obviously like, I think when you're in a room of people that are all like really fucked up, <laughs> and you can kind of tell like I got both my bloody arms bandaged, like you always see people with like, like you saw Steve Carell, and I forget that movie, the one with the cheerleading uh, little girl, Little Miss Sunshine. Like, he had those, like, bandages, like, around his wrist. I had those bandages, like, up to, like, halfway above my bicep. So I was a freaky-looking motherfucker. Um, but that didn't stray away any of these people, because um, they had all, you know, been there, done that um, in different ways, kind of, you know. Um... There was this one girl who, uh, she, it was her third time, um, in the, in that same psych hospital. And, uh, her insurance would only cover five days. And, like, yeah. Her mom was, like, her primary abuser. And the only place that they could legally put her, and she didn't have the money to, t to have housing, was back to her mom's house. So, like, I wonder if this girl is still alive sometimes. Um, breaks my heart. Just thinking about it, to be honest. Um, you know, seeing moments like that, it's like, Jesus Christ. The world's a fucked up place, and I'm a, I'm, I'm also like a lucky motherfucker. Um, so my parents came, um, you know, uh, I did outpatient there for a couple weeks after getting cleared from the psych hospital, because um, I think they have to keep you for like a minimum of three days post-attempt. Um, but if you're like in good health with family that seems supportive and like are looking to on go with future treatment, you're like less of a risk than that poor girl who had no support. Um, so, you know, it sucks. Yeah, uh, but anyways, enough of that. Sorry, that was a, just a deep dive right in there. Uh, but I wanted to, like, tell her story. Because she was super nice to me. Um, Teary-eyed James. Um, so, yeah. Um, two weeks there. Uh, go to New York for more outpatient. Um, it was a midtown, like, clinic. I'm not going to say who. Um... Cause I'm gonna talk about it, and I I'm I'm not gonna talk about anybody's stories. I'm not gonna like infringe on that stuff, but it's I'm gonna talk about it. So I just rather keep it an anonymous. Um, <laughs> uh, that was like, so it felt like Shutter Island literally just came back out on Netflix. So if you want to watch Shutter Island and then imagine the psych hospital I was in. I was pretty much in a modern version of Shutter Island, uh, which was 
humbling, you know. I always thought of myself as a pretty crazy bastard, but when you learn that there are other some there's some big baddies out there, you know, it kind of puts you in your place. But then, as I know, I'm I'm like quantifying like how horrible we all are um, to ourselves and others. Um, but it's kind of funny. Um, so then going to New York, uh, all of a sudden, I kind of felt like I was, you know. Like, there was nobody's story um, that was as violent as mine. Um, There's nobody's story that I could share. Like, I couldn't share my story because it would be too triggering, quote-unquote, for other people. Um, and I hope it hasn't been. Like, if you've been listening to it, I've tried to say, like, a bunch of times, like, don't listen to this part reach out to a friend, like, call a friend. Calling a friend is always the best thing to do. Please don't don't make any of this shit trigger you, but I feel like if there are so many people who are just, like, have their tongue held in this position where when they speak about mental health and depression, they don't say any truthful shit or, like, share, like, honest stories. So, I don't know. This is my spin. Uh, But, yeah, so I was in New York, um, and all of a sudden comes around November and one of my homeboys from Hotchkiss, John Walton, he was in my same uh, group therapy. And like, first thing he said when I walked in the room, he was like, Lummish? And I was like, Johnny boy? <laughs> What's good? And then we dapped up like, like it was old times. We sat right next to each other and then like, the group therapist guy who I, I, I don't like. Um, uh, and I'll tell you why later. Um, but uh, he, he was in charge and he was like, oh, how do you guys know each other? I was like, oh, we went to boarding school. So then like, even after like one week, two weeks, either John or the clinic switched the schedule so we never had group again because they never wanted to keep like people who are too close to each other in the same environment. I think it's like clinically proven that that's like good for you. But... Um, it sucked. So then all of a sudden, me and John kind of, like, rekindled this friendship. Um, and we were both fucked up, and I think we never really truly got to the bottom of any of our shit with each other. Because I think we both knew that we had just gone through a day of, like, trying to work all that stuff out. So when we hung out, we mostly just, like, played basketball, played soccer, um, and... Uh, yeah, that was it. I would whip his ass at soccer, and then he would get a basketball out, and he'd whip my ass at basketball. It was a nice, it was always a nice one-two punch. I'd fucking, like, meg him four times in a row, and he'd be fuming, and then he'd fucking be like, all right, let's go play ball, and I'd be like, oh, fuck. I was trying to guard hard in the post, put a forearm shiver right into his ribs, but he still scores, he's taller, you know. Um, but anyways, so me and John, um, so we would always go to these JCCs, which are Jewish community centers, um, for people that don't, aren't aware. They're all over New York, um, especially on the Upper East Side, or Upper West Side, I mean. Uh, so we just went to one on the Upper West Side that was on the same, like, subway line as where our clinic was, and we just, like, we, I brought my basketball shoes 
we were just going to play basketball that day. And we, like, went up. It was super sick. Like, you can pay for a guest fee. Um, and we went up and uh, we went into the locker room. And we were getting changed. And John, for any for a lot of people who, like, don't know who John is, John's black. Um, this old Jewish guy, while John, like, just stands up from, like, tying his shoes, he's like, can you throw this towel away for me, boy? And he said it in a tone where, like, people say, that, like, oh, like, that's subliminal racism. No, that's just racist. So, like, um, I'm kind of a hothead. Um, anybody who knows me is like, oh, whoa, what a shocker. What, what a big reveal, James, that you're kind of a hothead. Um, so I like, I heard what he said to John and I just looked at John sideways because I was getting shit out of my locker. I like perked my head up and I was like, John, what the fuck did he just say to you? Because the guy walked away after John said no. And I was like, what the fuck did he say to you? And I was like, I was like, John, we can go make that old Jewish man slip in the shower. We can just, you know, broken hip, no worries. That's like, that's where my first thought went. I'm, you know, more of a Malcolm X as opposed to Martin Luther King, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, but he said no. Um, he said he said, that's not how you get to these people. Um, he said, because those people are so ignorant. Um, like, he, he, just, he just pities them. He, like, pities that they're so low in their self-esteem and low in the world that they have to think these horrible thoughts. Um, he's like, wise dude, you know. Um, so that calmed me down and then we were about to go play basketball and then all of a sudden we, we were playing like three on three so I got like super competitive me and John were on the same team so all I knew was like be a bulldog at point guard fucking like maybe a couple of rough fouls and get the ball to John and he would get his jumper going and hopefully we'd hopefully he'd win I'd get a few tough rebounds elbowed in the low post <laughs> um, but hopefully we'd win um, and then, like, later, we would always go to this Chipotle that was near this one JCC, um, on the Upper West Side, and we got Chipotle, and I was, I just asked him, I was like, yo, like, whoa, like, but that old guy, like, does, what, does that happen to you all the time? And he says to me, he's like, every day, like, in some way, every day, you know? That's the shittiest thing. Oh, and then I also forgot to tell... Um, so yeah, me and John um, played basketball throughout November. Um, and like during this time, like post-attempt, um, so that girl that I had been seeing, I like, like revealed all of this stuff to her and like said so much and like really like poured my whole like shit out on a table pretty much <laughs> and she was just like super receptive and and she was like 
yeah, like, I would love to, like, keep talking to you. Like, we, we can always just, this can be, like, our thing. Like, we, we can be together. And it was, I don't know, it was pretty sick. Um, she was, like, huge. Um, there's so many girls afterwards that are like, you're being dark, you're being fucked up. It's like, the shit I said to that girl, she knows, not like up to her, like I was going to hurt her, but like how crazy I was back then, pre-meds, post-attempt. I was, uh, I had an insane mind, you know. Um. <laughs> um. But yeah, she was vital. Um. And she's, she was living in New York. Um, she grew up there. And uh, she was coming back for Christmas break. And, oh, and just like I fucking predicted in my visions, all of my family had Thanksgiving in uh, New York to, like, support me, be closer to me, not make me have to travel and shit, with the meds and all that. Um <sighs> And in those early months, the whole meds thing, like, takes a lot of tinkering. Um, it takes a lot of time to really figure out what's going on. Um, you know, you can't think that the first meds you get on are going to be the solution for you. You know, they might be part of the solution, but for most people, there are so many different variables that oftentimes, like, a couple variables need to be seriously addressed with medication and then some can just be taken over with like meditation and lifestyle changes shit like that um but yeah so this this girl um so we have we have all my family um out to new york for christmas it's a wicked good time um i guess i haven't really spoken about you know how they uh reacted, you know, um, you know, it makes me very sad, because in the end, it's the people that are closest to you that you're really hurting the most, um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of those conversations, like, that's another thing that I'm so thankful for. Like that girl I was talking to that was in that psych hospital in Pennsylvania. She had she had no one. She had one sketchy drug dealer boyfriend who would keep getting her these pills, and then she would keep overdosing. It's like, um, just feeding her to death pretty much with these pills. Um, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I had a lot of conversations with my family afterwards. And I feel like our communication opened up a whole lot more because obviously I wasn't... So all of the stuff you're hearing, like my family didn't hear some of them until uh, after the attempt. Like my mom didn't hear the snowmobiling, the snowmobiling on mushroom story um, until, uh, until that episode dropped. So, you know, most of them get the whole gist though. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I opened up with them a lot more, 
Um, I think like our communication's gotten a lot better. Um, I'm more honest with like how I'm actually genuinely feeling, um, which is important and it's nice to have people around you. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that was awesome. Um, that was really important to have my family there. Um, they're huge. Uh, but yeah, enough about, enough about all that. Um, I'm getting teary again, trying to keep it to at least three cries per episode. Um, and we got some coming up. Um, so yeah, going into Christmas, um, and at this point, my arms have healed to the point where you can see the scars, there are no stitches. It's like two months out, um, and the stitches were huge. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, like I posted a picture of it for one of the episodes, like. It's a very noticeable amount of cuts, you know. Uh, like, uh, very different cuts from someone who's a, who loves cutting themselves, you know. Because people who cut themselves and people who kill themselves, like, I feel like it's a different category of, of scarring um, based on my experience. Um my experiences with other people as well. Um, but yeah, so they were a problem. But at this point, it was the first time that I was allowed to go on a treadmill, get gym, like in the gym. And you know, I'm like, so the whole like me, like literally having my skin stretch apart for like two or three weeks, um, like, but not even really noticing it. Um, or maybe noticing it and kind of enjoying it, like, just like, ooh, something to get me going, um, something to make me feel something, um, so when I went to the gym, and this has happened ever since then, like, I still have, uh, nervous, I'll, I'll tell more about the, like, uh, restruct, reconstructive surgery I got, but, um, I have nerve damage in both of my biceps, um, from those cuts, and when I'm talking on the phone, if I'm ever on the phone with you, I have to switch my hand every five or so minutes or else my arm falls completely asleep. Um, you know, they tried to fix everything. Nerves are hard. It happens. Like, there are a bunch of other things that, like, you know, it's still not great. Um, uh, so working out there at the beginning... It was almost like me just being like a sadistic, like, I, I just need to do something with my fucking life type thing. Um, talking about my feelings all day was tiring me the fuck out, so I just needed to get an outlet. Um, so I... Uh, I don't think I have the timeline right on this, but, like, so I, I started doing that, and I did that for a while. I felt like I was finally, like okay, I'm, like, passable shape to, like, play, like, a 5v5 indoor soccer match. That's how I, like, judge my fitness. Like, okay, that's 5v5, and it's like, ooh, is that 11v11? Not really. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
So then... Sorry, this is just a manglement of stories. Uh, I'm just trying to keep the timeline somewhat correct. Um, so then Christmas comes. Um, whole family's there. Big shebang. Uh, good time. Um, I'm with, you know, I've been hanging out with my girlfriend, like, in the lovey-dovey stage. We're just, like, doing all the things with, like, two young kid, like, young 20-something-year-olds want to do in fucking Manhattan. Um, but, uh, on December 28th, I had this, like, incredible urge, um, a incredible urge to reach out to my friend John. And I didn't. Um, You'll hear about that later. Uh, but then been with my girl. Um, was with her all week. Pretty much, like, you know. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. And then she had, so a friend of a friend somehow knew the head of police at the Times Square police station. So we got in. They they took us to the VIP access. We were fucking 50 feet away from Taylor Swift, and we showed up to watch the ball drop at like 1045. We just got complete VIP treatment. It was the most, like, legendary New Year's ever. Then we went to this fucking super fancy restaurant that she knew some bun at. Like, it was incredibly mental. Um, it was a really great time. Um, yeah. So then, next morning, you know, just perusing Facebook... R.I.P. John. Rest in peace, brother. You will not be forgotten. You know, like... John's dead. I reach out to some people, you know... None of them knew. Um, I don't know if I even told any of them. Maybe one of them. But they didn't know that me and John had just been like... We were really close right then, you know, back when he was really going through some mental shit and, like, wasn't really reaching out to friends really well. Like, we were in a good split, like, I never told. I don't know, because then I would have to share my shit. I don't know. I don't know. We never talked about it. Um, but, yeah, so I found out he died. And then I came into group with this old bastard who kind of looked like the guy that called he he's the therapist that I said I didn't like um so he was my monday morning guy and for him to see my face i think the amount of times I've thought about killing this guy, uh, it's, 
immeasurable. Um, he tells me that John had a big share, you know, with quotation marks. Like, I wasn't given privy to this information. He was like, he had a big share on his last group last week, which I'm pretty sure was the fucking 28th. Um, uh, <laughs> he said that he had a big share and that he he met with him afterwards this old fucking piece of shit doctor And he said, are you going to be safe this weekend? And then he said, can you promise me that you're going to be safe this weekend? Making a promise like that to a therapist that you don't even like is the most false. Like, how does he think that was the best? Like, he should have put him in the hospital that moment. But yeah, it sucks. Um, therapists, they always tell you, you know, you'll feel better. It's not your fault. Um, they always say that. Doesn't change shit. Like, only time makes it less painful. Um... But yeah, that, that Taylor Swift New Year's was the last happy one. It's a really sad anniversary now. So while everyone else is partying, I'm just thinking about this guy. It sucks. It's a burden that you have to bear, unfortunately. Shit happens. People die. Uh, but yeah. I really wanted to kill that guy. That therapist. <laughs> Thought about buying a cricket bat. Like bringing it in as like a toy. And be like, oh, cheeky this, cheeky that. And like, hey, here, do you want to see? <laughs> Just right to the temple. Um, easy. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. Thought about it for sure. Um, I told him, I told him after he said that to me, what he said, uh, I told him about this, uh, there's like almost like a more proud word for like surfer. It's more of like a waterman, um, like someone who can surf, boogie board, kayak, canoe, uh, sail, you know, surf, like just do it all in the water. And there's this great legend of Eddie I. Cow. Um, you can probably get it on, like, ESPN. But he was the lifeguard at Waimea Bay, um, which is a tough fucking break. And it was before there were uh, jet skis. It was just Eddie swimming out there. Um, he never lost one life. 
under his watch. I think it's like 914 saves or something. Uh, never lost one. And I told Jack that statistic. And I said he needed someone like Eddie Aikau in his life. Not like him. Um, and I know that hurt him. I wanted to, you know, hurt him emotionally at the very least. Because I felt like he, he needed to to bear more of this burden. I'm sure it'll keep him up at night. I hope my words do at least. Um, I hope he dies in hell. I know that's not like kosher to say, but it's how I feel. Freedom of speech, bitch. It's not like you should kill every therapist who loses a patient or anything. Jesus Christ, that would be mental. But for someone to, like, let someone down in that pivotal moment, I think it needs to be known how out of touch he was with everybody in our group. Um, nobody could really speak to him openly like we could with our other therapists. Like, he, he was just bad at his job. Um, and it's an important job to be good at. That's all I was trying to say. Like, it's a very, very important job to have the best personnel in this job um, and fire the inferior ones. Um, but yeah. A lot of anger. Yeah, I know. That's why I said I'm a little bit of a psychopath. You know, normal people maybe don't think about those things right away. Um, when he first told me that, you should have seen how clenched my fists were. Like, I swear to God, I... I I was really close to just going all out at him. Like, before security came, I could at least stomp his jaw. Um, but yeah. Hey. Um, see? I'm, I'm becoming a better man, you know? In moments like those, when all I do is clench my fists. <sighs> Fuck. So yeah, John dies. Um, obviously, take that pretty hard. Um, you can tell, you know, it's been fucking five years. I still take it pretty hard. Um, so we had a funeral for him, obviously. Um, you know, it was the most packed house I've ever seen um, for a funeral. You know, like, there was no standing room. Um, everybody was crammed into this. And, like, I was with a couple of my school buddies. Um, some of the kids that I went to school with, like, went to school with him through, like, like primary school um, and middle school and shit. So um, they knew him like he was a brother, you know. Um, they said some words we all, like, kind of went our separate ways, and a group of us, like, got together at this Mexican place near, um, near, uh, my apartment, and we, uh, we all said, like, yo, what are we gonna do? Like, what, and I, I, I don't know if it was me or someone else, like, I don't want to take credit for the idea, but I do believe saying, like, Yo, John was into some, like, electro dance music, just like all of us. Let's go just, like, see a fucking concert. And then there was this Robin Schultz concert, 
that was at this one location. It's like all black inside. It's a concert venue on the mid midtown on the east side. I forget I forget what it was called. Um, but so so we like decided we were, we all bought tickets. We were just like in it. We we were just like let's fucking go. This is how John would want us to celebrate. To like be with him. To like mm, go out. To just like to not be like like bitches and just like fucking be in our sorrows. You know, to like go out and have a sick time. Um. And we were all just kind of, like, into this idea. Um, especially, like, me and two other guys. And um, we, like, stopped by my apartment. Um, I got I kind of got changed, ready to go out. Um, and then we went to my friend's apartment, who's on the Upper East Side, um, uh, to meet up. And it was sick. So we all went upstairs. We got uh, we got good amounts of Molly. <laughs> At least we hoped it was Molly. I think there may have been some sprinkle of meth like Salt Bay, you know? Because sometimes that's what you do with shitty drugs. Um, whatever, we got them late at night. Um, you know, DJs, like, headline DJs don't go on until super late, so we're all good time-wise. Um, so we do a parachute bomb, which is just when you wrap it up in the tissue and just swallow it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but, yeah, it was a trip. Um, fucking, um, it was a trip. Yeah, I, like, I was stoked to be there, but, like, a friend of mine was with his girl, another friend of mine was with his girl, and I forget if uh, my lady had just gone back to school, or if I just, like, didn't, you know, invite her to a funeral, because, you know, that's kind of weird, I don't know, but I was just solo dolo, and... I wasn't feeling so hot, you know? I was kind of just like, I was dancing, I was vibing, but then I started, you know, I'm a sweaty little fucker, so like, if I dance in a mosh pit and it's like really hot, and I like, I do like two songs and then I just like step away, have a drink, fucking rehydrate, um, and cool down and then go out again. So I was just, you know, doing my typical routine, in and out, drink, drink, drink. Um, and, and then, like, eventually, you know, one guy, like, peaced out. And then the two other, we were all going to spend the night at his house. Um, or his apartment on the Upper East Side. And it was, it was a crazy night. Um, we got back. It was probably, like, 2, 3 a.m. Um, and... He's on, like, I don't know, high enough floors. Um, that's kind of how I view it, you know. It's above, like, 8 or 10 for sure. Uh, I forget, like, in the 20s or something, but he had these sick fur coats. 
Um, and we were looking out over Central Park. Um, we wore these fur coats. And we smoked cigars and just sat on the patio. And it was so sweet. Um, fucking under the moon. Um, but yeah, then like... You try and go to sleep. And then sometimes, like, especially for me, this is, you know, I was an insomniac, so, like, whenever I'm not, you know, truly, like, blackout, I, uh, I tend to, I tend to stay awake. Um, so I was just awake. So was my buddy. And then we just, like, both went out, like, started watching fucking ESPN at, like, 4.30 a.m. Um, and I just, like, walked out on the patio I was on that floor, kind of looking down, um, one of those, like, guaranteed kill moments, like, you jump down, you're dead, like, it's right there, you know, it's almost like putting a gun in front of you, uh, it's like one decision, it, jumping, Shooting, it makes it too, like, um, but yeah, I was thinking about it, you know, because, like, the come down from some of those uppers, especially if they're mixed with other shit, is, like, really negative in a lot of ways, um, at least for me, I, you know, I, I haven't done a clinical study, but it's probably <laughs> a lot of people that can bear with me out there, um, So, um, so yeah, I'm not, like, in a good spot at all, because uh, obviously, like, I think John's death's kind of on my shoulders, you know, still kind of do, uh, but, um, you know, you can't do anything about it now, unfortunately, uh, you can just, like, remember him, keep talking about him. kids, kid was a fucking legend, let me tell you, um, the most suave motherfucker, like, just, like, he could skate really well, um, he played basketball, he was a sick dude, hilarious, the best music, he always, he was one of those kids that always, like, the first time anything ever dropped, he was just in this crew of people that was just like, that was when we were so tuned in to like techno and, and electronic music in boarding school when we were like going on all these different sites every day just to see the new like streams that people would just like put up for like a two and a half hour like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of the best way to to send him out, though. Like, I hope he saw that. Um, just the lads getting after it. You know. But, yeah. So, um... That... That sucks. Uh, and then, like, a couple other people that I know died of suicide um, over the next couple months 
And you always hear about, like, people, celebrities, how they die in threes. And then what if it's just, like, all people die in threes? You just hear about it from, like, three different friend groups. Um, in this case, two different friend groups, I suppose. Um, so I was, there was also this thing within me that was, like, why weren't, wasn't I taken? Why am I still here? If he's gone, like, what, you know... What's the meaning of all this if, like, if he just gets taken out of nowhere? Like, why am I still here? Fuck. So, like, th- thoughts like that um, definitely were throughout my head um, throughout that time. Um, sometimes I think the darkness just feels like it fits better. Sometimes, like, in my soul. Um, as far as just, like, making all these little decisions that make your life a little bit tougher, um, don't do things that would make your life a little easier, you know, um, those types of shits, you know, still trying to conquer those things, which are probably the most important, like I always say with my kind of, like, appreciation for the little things, I also don't have appreciation for some little things, like, looking after my bloody self and, uh, and all that, um, you know, it's kind of tough when you take have little self-worth, so you don't really want to, like, treat yourself with the same respect that you might, like, treat someone else, um, so then you can just be a degenerate, <laughs> um, but yeah, bit of a roller coaster this one, um, it's just difficult for me to go from point A to point B, like, on a timeline, like, that's not really who I am, um, you know, it's more just individual stories that kind of highlight some shit, I guess, I don't know, hope you enjoy it, um, bloody hell, uh, oh, and then objectivezero.org, objectivezero.org, just trying to get that, get that, uh, Suicide rate from people certain of the military down to the citizen suicide rate. So, really, um, a big deal if you look at numbers and just how many lives I would save. Um, but as far as a goal, you know, like, it seems like an attainable goal if there's, like, proper funding for, like, whatever. Uh, you'll get it. Go to objectivezero.org. Check it out. Check it out. All right, peace. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Damn, who knew? All the planes we flew, good things we've been through. That I'll be standing right here talking to you.
down another path. I know we love to hit the road and laugh, but something told me that it wouldn't last. Had to switch up, look at things different, see the bigger picture. Those were the days, hard work forever pays. Now I see you in a better place. See you in a better place. Uh. Talk about family when family's all that we got Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side And now you gon' be with me for the last it's ride It's been a long day Without you, my friend And I'll tell you all about it When I see you again, see you again. We've come a long way, yeah, a long way. From where we began you know we started. Oh, I'll tell you all about it Watch your way and the vibe is feeling strong and was small Turn to a friendship, a friendship turned to a bond And that bond will never be broken, the love will never get lost And when brotherhood come first, then the line will never be crossed Established it on our own when that line had to be drawn And that line is what we reach, so remember me when I'm gone Talk about family when family's all that we got Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side And now you gon' be with me for the last ride Let the light guide your way yeah. Hold every memory as you go And every road you take you my friend